0: Good morning. Good morning. Wow, that was a hearty good morning. Uh, Welcome to Truro Anglican Church. We are so glad you are here. Uh, It is a special Sunday. If you have not noticed, it is World Mission Sunday on the Anglican calendar, and so um, we are so glad you're here. We're especially glad if you are here for the first time, if you're visiting, or if you haven't been here in a while, just want to extend a warm welcome to you. We're so glad you're here. Allow me to locate where we are here today in this passage at the end of Matthew 28. Um, Here we have Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth to live the perfect life we could not live and die the death we should have died. And He lives a perfect, righteous, upright life, and then He's unjustly executed. But thanks be to God, He's raised from the dead, defeating and overcoming sin and death on our behalf. Praise God. He is risen from the dead. Amen. All right. All right. We have an active church today. Something about the rain woke us up. And so Jesus' death would ultimately pardon and rescue humanity from our sin and our death penalty. And so Jesus was raised from the dead. He's fully alive. He, He appears to the disciples and many more. And here is this final scene before he's about to ascend Here's the scene, and we get to the core, before we get to the core of the text, I just want to highlight one thing I love in verse 17. If you will, just look with me at verse 17 again, and and this is the 11, and I would argue maybe there was more there, and when they saw Jesus, the risen Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I love that. That to me is one of those indicators, the Bible is real. It's historically accurate. Like if I were writing the Bible in this pinnacle moment, I don't think I would include that his closest followers doubted. To me, there's something about that. I don't know if Matthew's trying to throw some people under the bus or throw shade, but, <laughs> but some of them doubted. And my point here is this, this morning, if you're here and you have doubts about Jesus, doubts about the Christian faith, you're uncertain about the Bible, I have good news for you, you're in good company. You're in the right place that's almost normal because the christian faith has space for doubt and questions so we're so glad you're here and so here we're going into this passage it's a well-known passage if you don't know that's okay it's often titled the great commission some of you know this passage and that's that's great if you don't that's also okay because we're going to go into this text and we're not going to go into the nitty gritty the bones of the text if you will the structure and language all of that I just want to put some flesh on today's text for us this morning and so I'm going to focus primarily on verse 19 go therefore and make disciples of all nations and break it down into three points very simple points go make disciples all nations so first point go and this is a command from Jesus to go to go for us to be on mission Allow me to give a 30-second history on mission. Okay, 30 seconds. Okay, <laughs> missions did not begin in the Book of Acts. As wonderful as there was missionary journeys, missions did not begin in Matthew 28 when Jesus gives this commission. Missions began. We read it just a few minutes ago. Do you know when missions began? Missions began in Genesis 3. Where are you going? Adam and Eve, they disobey. They take of the fruit. And now there is separation between God and man. And missions begins. Because there is now separation. God pursues and tries to rescue and save. Genesis 3 is the beginning of missions. The whole of the Bible is missions. It's God's mission. Right In verse 9, I love this, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? This verse cracks me up <laughs> because it's not like God is actually looking for them, right? This reminds me of when I played hide and seek with my kids when they were toddlers. They're there. And when I played with them and they're like, and, I'm like, and they're like, <laughs> right? Like, I see you <laughs> and I'm like, where are you? God clearly knows where they are. And in fact, God is saying, where are you for the benefit of Adam and Eve? To let them know, hey, you're lost. There's something between us, but I'm going to find you. I'm going to rescue you. This is good news, friends, that God is on mission to find and rescue. Ever since the very moment there was separation, he is seeking save the lost Amen? amen that is good news friends and so what happens is God's on this mission and this is the core of God's heart he longs for the lost he longs for those who he separated from so that they may be found and what happens when you're found you join the search party when you're found there's something so amazing of being brought in that you want to go out And if you don't believe me, let me quote scripture for you, okay? Because I believe every single person who is called in by God is also sent out. Let me repeat that. Every single person who is called in, brought into the family of God, is sent out. Abraham. Abraham, no kids. God says, I promise you, you have descendants more than the stars in the sky. He's brought in. He's loved. He's declared righteous. What happens? And then God says, go. Go to a land I'll tell you about. I'm not going to tell you where. Just go. Moses, burning bush, drawn in, holy ground. Whoa. Moses, I need you to go. I need you to go and rescue my people from slavery. Ruth. Ruth is one of my favorite. Ruth was called to minister to one person, be a missionary to Naomi. Naomi. I will go wherever you go. Your people will be my people. And her ministry, her mission was to one person, her mother-in-law. Any volunteers for that mission? Anyone? (laughs) Isaiah sees God seated high upon the throne. Vision of God, holy, holy, holy. And in the moment, I'm unholy, unholy, woe is me. An angelic being comes with a coal Puts it on his lips. He's purified. He's brought in. God says, who will go? Isaiah says, here am I. Brought in, you go out. The 11 here, the 11 disciples, they're brought into the family of God, and then they go to the nations. Paul, blinding light, the voice of Jesus, brought in, he goes to the nations. Friends, this is what happens. And I'm not gonna take away, hopefully not too much from next week, But the Samaritan woman at the well, it's just a little spoiler, okay? (laughs) And if you don't know the story, she's, again, known, loved, and forgiven. And what happens? She's brought in so deep into the love of God that she has to go and tell people, the very people she does not want to tell. It's not like Jesus was like, hey, take these, take these four things I want you to say to them. Take these pamphlets. No, she just leaves her water jar and goes. Because every single person that is called in by God is also. This morning, my question to all of us, to myself included, do you feel sent? Where do you feel God is calling you to? Who do you feel God is calling you to? I wanna make sure I ask this, again, with the least amount of guilt, but if you don't have that feeling at all, not even an an ounce, a thought of going, of being sent, I'm not gonna question your salvation, okay? i not gonna question your assurance of salvation, okay? That is beyond my pay grade, okay? Even though the Bible says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, but whatever, okay? <laughs> what I will ask is, how deeply has the love of God reached your heart? Because I think there's a direct correlation with, how deep God's love reaches to how far you will go. I believe it's true. We'll get, more. We'll get to that in a second. But true, I believe God is on a mission. I want you to see that. From Genesis 3, God is on a mission, and he wants us to join in it. It's his mission, friends. It's not our mission. It's his. We get to join in it. Again, I don't know if this is from the Holy Spirit. I think it is because it's so random, but I got this picture if you've seen Finding Nemo. Okay? It's this moment in Finding Nemo where Nemo, uh, Marlin and Dory, okay, these two fish, they're trying to find Marlin's son, okay? I hope you've seen Finding Nemo. If, if you have not come on over. We'll watch it, okay? Um, and there's this moment where these two fish are looking for their, one of their sons, and, and, and they, they join this sea turtle. I think his name was Crush. And there's this underwater current near Australia. It's East Australian current. It's this strong current that runs, and they jump in it. And the current does it. The current carries them. They just had to get in. That's the picture I get of God's mission. God is moving, friends. God is moving like a million things behind the scenes. He invites us to join in it. And it's a wild ride, friends. It's a wild ride. But he invites us into it. Because every single person who was called in by God is also sent out. Second point, make disciples. We are called to go and we're called to make disciples. And here it says, make disciples, not just seek conversions, not have people say a prayer. He says specifically, make disciples. And here the church in the West, I would say, um, unfortunately, sometimes we've reduced discipleship to mainly teaching. So take this discipleship class, be a part of this group, read this book, And I I believe in that. Teaching is so important, friends. We're even commanded in this text to teach all that Jesus had commanded us to do, right? And to baptize. We're called to that. But I believe discipleship is not just teaching, but it's more. It's not just transfer of information. There's something more about discipleship. And here's what I liken it to is when I go into retail stores, and you'll go into some stores and you're looking for something. There'll be someone to greet you. And and how can I help you? And you can say, I'm looking for light bulbs, right? And the, some, some stores you go in and they'll say, okay, you want to go to aisle eight, aisle eight B on your lower left-hand side, you'll see it, like halfway down the aisle. Correct information. Information has been transferred, hopefully not forgotten as I walk <laughs> through the store and I get there. And then there's some stores, and, I, and I've experienced this more, I would say I'm not trying to plug them, but like Home Depot, Lowe's, okay? Where I go and I'm greeted by someone, I say, "Hey," they say, "Hey, welcome to blah 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 blah," and and I say, "Could you help me find light bulbs?" And they will walk with me to that aisle. And if they're nice, they'll they'll actually make conversation, and we'll go to that aisle, to aisle 8B, and they'll show me the whole shelf of light bulbs, the different kinds. And they may look at me and like, this guy needs help. (laughs) So they they even teach me, lefty Lucy. (laughs) Like, they like teach me literally how to do it. And they answer all my questions, and they're with me. I think that's a more accurate picture of making disciples, friends. What did you say? Like, if you look at Jesus, what did Jesus do with his 12? He was with them, he walked with them, he slept with them, he 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 did miracles with them. Yes, he taught them. But it was beyond that. Heard this convicting quote the other day. Thomas Goodwin says, Judas heard all Jesus' sermons. Something about teaching that's not enough. To encourage you, I see discipleship happening here at Truro. I do, and there's different pockets, and I'm not involved in everything in the life of Truro, but discipleship, I believe, is happening in Truro. But I'll highlight one, one, one place where I see it, just because I see it more regularly, and it's with my tips group, my tips peeps, no one says peeps, it's, it's not in like 1995, okay, and the tips volunteers, I'm so grateful for them, and I'm especially grateful for the, those who are retired, the retired tips people, you know who you are. And I love them because they are discipling me. They are exemplifying and modeling to me what godly, Christ-centered retirement looks like. Right, because the world says, when you retire, you should be on your yacht. And I don't know, they could be on their yachts on the other days, but, but the days I see them, they're not. They're there, they're in person, they're online, Spending time with people in which they'll never, maybe never in this lifetime see a return on investment, but those folks are discipling me on what godly retirement looks like. I love that. No one's teaching me like by information, I'm watching it, I'm observing it, and I can copy them. And Truro, like I said, it's happening all throughout the life of Truro, okay? I'm not trying to discount men's ministry, women's prayer ministry, Basket weaving, cigar rolling, whatever ministries are here at Truro, okay, it's happening in different sections of Truro, okay. But what I'm saying is, we need more discipleship, more disciple making, not just here in Fairfax, but to the ends of the earth, which leads to my last point: all nations. All nations. This phrase, "all nations," and I have a video here in a second. Um, if we can start to cue it up. All nations, it, again, I could explain it, but I found this video, I hope we have it. Okay, if we can dim what the house What is a UPG?
1: A UPG stands for unreached people group. But to understand what that means, we need to first talk about people groups. When Jesus told his followers, go and make disciples of all nations, the Greek words he used were ta ethne, meaning all ethnic groups or people groups. So what is a people group? A people group is basically a group of individuals that have a common sense of history, language, beliefs, and identity. It is pretty much a group of people that considers us, us, and everyone else, them. While there are about 196 countries in the world today, there are over 16,000 distinct people groups. Let's look at Pakistan as an example. That is one nation going by our English word. But ethnically, Pakistan has over 400 distinct nations, or people groups, within its borders. Around 7,000 of those 16,000 total people groups are considered UPGs, or unreached people groups. A group is considered unreached if less than 2% of their population is evangelical Christian. That is, it has too few true believers to evangelize and disciple the rest of the people group. Almost 3 billion people fall into this category. Over 3,000 of those 7,000 unreached people groups are considered UUPGs, or unengaged unreached people groups. These people groups have no churches, no believers, no missionaries, and no one actively focused on engaging them. 95% of all unreached people groups are located in the part of the world between 10 degrees latitude and 40 degrees latitude, stretching from North Africa to Southeast Asia. We call this the 1040 window, It's in the 1040 window that most of the major non-Christian religions hold sway. Collectively, they are known as the Thumb people, tribal, Hindu, unreligious, including many Chinese, Muslim, and Buddhist. Jesus said that the gospel of the kingdom would be preached as a testimony to Ta ethne, all people groups, and then the end would come. Less than 3% of our total cross-cultural missionary force is working with unreached people groups. We must go to the unreached. At the same time, it's estimated that over 350 unreached people groups are living in the United States today as immigrants, refugees, and international students. We must welcome the unreached. Christ commands us to make disciples of all nations. Jesus is alive. His mission for us is clear, yet the task stands incomplete. Together, we can change that.
0: Thank you. Um, Friends, the disparity of gospel resources, of people, of money, of the Bible in our heart language compared to people all around the world, the disparity is this massive chasm. The disparity between the gospel resources we have here in northern Virginia compared to northern Iraq, massive. And I live in Centerville, live close to Braddock Road. This is a terrible illustration. If I were to drive blindfolded, okay, there's a 50% chance I will run my car into a church building. (laughs) I know, terrible, but you get the point. Every other building's a church building. We have the Bible in multiple versions. On our phone with us all the time, in whatever language, if you want it in if you want it in millennial, if you want it in Gen Z, whatever version you want. It's utterly unfair. It's unfair that we have so much and there's so little. Who will go? Who will go? There's so many unreached people groups who have little to no access to the gospel, missional resources, people, money, again, the Bible in their heart language. have good news, Truro, you all are doing something about it. Come next week, come to lunch, and you will hear how Truro has been doing this through and with our sisters, Claire and Debbie, helping to bring the Bible in other languages. Okay, that's a plug. Just register, okay? Register online. Okay, friend, I know you're allergic to registering, okay? I know Truro. You can do it. You can put in your name and push a button, okay? I believe in you. Come and hear what is happening because I want Truro, and I believe God wants Truro, to be on mission and to continue to be on mission. So with all that was shared today, so what? So what? What can we do? And here I'll give us three options. Here's what we can do. Firstly, pray. My dear brother, Brad Brewster, who's probably in the undercroft making disciples right now. (laughs) I love that. He loves to quote Matthew nine, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly for the Lord to the Lord and the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I have good news friends. We're gonna do that in a moment. We're going to pray. The prayers of us, we're going to pray. Secondly, to give. Giving of your time, talent, treasure. Giving. And for a limited time, I asked uh, Jamie and the church if we could take a special collection for Truro Missions. So for these next several weeks, if you look online, if if you look online, you can give specifically to Missions and Outreach because we wanna be a church that goes and is able to send. So we're gonna have teams go out and we're supporting missionaries out there already. And so if you feel prompted to give, would you give? And if you're gonna give in person, again, if you just write on the memo line to missions and outreach because we wanna give. And again, above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings to give to the cause of missions because all of us are called to missions. And lastly, to join. And there are several options here, but I'm just gonna highlight two. Tips online, again, I love tips. We have a wonderful ministry online. We're we're friends, I think Jamie said this a couple weeks ago. You can literally go to the nations. No plane ticket, no passport, no TSA. Some of you are like, I don't care, I have pre TSA. Okay, good for you, okay? (laughs) None of those things, you don't need any of those things. You can go to the nations on Monday night and Wednesday night, just an hour and a half of your time to listen, to care for, to speak English to people who are desperately wanting to learn, and in the process, sharing the gospel. So tips online, we need your help. There's a table downstairs, come and see us. We would love to have you. Secondly, missions we'll have another table downstairs and coffee and connections to see where Truro is already out there to the ends of the earth. It's out there, friends. I don't know if you know, but you can go down you can see where Truro is and where we plan and hope to go, Lord willing. So come to that table and get more information because it is happening, friends. So what makes this all possible? And this is the most important part. Friends, this is so important. This command to go and make disciples of all nations It's important to see what's surrounding this verse. And if you look with me in your Bibles, or I think I have a slide for it, but it's important to, when you look at verse 19, you have to see what book ends it. Verse 18 and verse 20. And verse 18 says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make all And, and behold, verse 20, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is what allows verse 19 to happen. Jesus has all the authority on heaven and earth, all the authority, all the love, all the mercy, all the wisdom, and you know what? He's with us. He's with us right now, and he's with us to the end of the age. That's what allows us to accomplish verse 19. You have to have these two promises, these truths that Jesus is all authority and he's with us, and together that allows us to accomplish what happens in between. I'm gonna end with uh, this illustration. Um, Everett, you mind helping me now? This illustration by uh, this pastor, author, Francis Chan. Um, So I wanna give him credit, okay? I'm gonna borrow his illustration and 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 modify it a little bit. Um, But this rope here represents your life, okay? Don't read too deeply into it, okay? Like some of you are like, yes, my life is spiraling. No, no, (laughs) don't read too deeply into it, okay? Don't read too deeply. This rope represents your life. This part right here represents your life here on earth. I see you, choir. I'm not forgetting you. (laughs) This part represents your life here on Earth. What the world tells us to do is is to strive, and to work, and to earn, and and hustle, and, and then, oh, you have an awesome time right here. Oh, it's gonna be awesome right here. This is gonna be the best. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you are in Christ today, Oh, when this ends, you're going into glory. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. This part, this is going to be amazing. You don't even know. And some of you are like, is there going to be golf? I'm sure it's going to be better than golf, okay? And the thing is, we're so worried. We're so concerned about this, right? We're so concerned about our 401k. Friends, I have news for you. The next 401,000, 401 trillion years of your life are going to be utterly amazing, infinitely better than anything you've experienced here on earth. Amen. There are people in this world who, their life when this ends, when this part ends, is going to be infinitely, infinitely worse. And I get it. I get it. I, I'm tired. I'm tired. I have all the stuff that's going on in my life and work and family. And I get it, you all, it's tiring, it's exhausting dealing with mental health and being a caretaker and singleness and marriage problems and divorce problems and widow problems and whatever other marital status is out there. And I get it, we're busy. We have a lot going on in our lives. I get it, I really do. But so do a lot of other people. And because we know the hope of the next 401 trillion years of our lives and beyond will be so good, we should be moved here. We need to be moved here. We cannot just stay. You know, friends, do you know why I'm standing here? Because a group of people were compelled by the love of God They read this passage, they said, we need to go. And When they went to a little country, small peninsula nation called Korea, and they went, and they went, and three of my four parents, three of my four grandparents, I should say, four parents, three of my four grandparents became believers. One of them, my grandfather, my mom's dad, became a pastor, gave birth to my mom, my mom married a pastor, gave birth to a son who's a pastor. She's literally surrounded by pastors generationally. She's blessed, or depending on your, your view of pastors, okay? So here's the thing, I, and I'm standing here, and I know Jesus because somebody went, and I'm so indebted to them. And friends, there are other, I hate this, this is in my notes, there are other Matt Yees out there It's a terrifying thought. But you get what I'm saying. There's Nairobi's out there. There's Alicia's, Soja's, Shima's. There are people out there who need to hear this word, who need to hear the greatest news. There's other Stephen Shalitas out there who will go. And friends, it's not going to be guilt. It's not going to be a rope illustration. It's going to be the love of Christ that takes us there. Because to the degree you see how far Jesus went. Jesus did the Great Commission first. And to the degree that reaches your heart, if you see the distance from heaven to the cross as a simple, oh, hop, skip, and a jump, you'll never go. But if you see that it was an amazing love that brought him here, an amazing sacrifice that he did for you, and that reaches your heart, you cannot contain it. You will be sent out. You can't contain that in here. That's the good news, friends. My hope is that the love of Christ would go deep in all of us, so that we might go. Amen. Amen. To the glory of God, and for our good, and for the good of everyone who has yet to hear his name. Amen. (coughs) Will you join with me in prayer? Thanks.
1: And
0: I did this first service, but. I'm going to try to honor the spirit of Jamie Brown. If you know this song, if you know this chorus, would you join with me in it? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth. to see you. We want to experience and re-experience and taste and see that you are good, so good that we cannot sit still with this truth, with this news. Send us out to do the work that you called us to do, to be your witnesses. Again, for your glory, for our good, and for the good of this world, we ask these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said,
1: amen.